Conversation, live from Nicaragua. Dive deep into the world of coffee with co-founders of Twin Engine Coffee, Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Welcome to Brewing Conversation, Season 2, Episode 1. My name is Andrea Wolverton. And I'm Colin Ganley. And no, you did not just go through a time warp. The, uh, the last episodes that we recorded, we called Season 0. But when we uploaded them onto different podcast services, they told us that we couldn't have a Season 0. So retroactively, that is season one, and now we're starting season two. And today, we're starting off with something a little bit different. We get sent news articles all the time, every day almost. We get a new news article about coffee fighting Alzheimer's and coffee antioxidants and all sorts of different things. And today, we thought we would just choose an article. We gave ourselves five minutes to read through it and compose a few ideas, and we thought we'd respond. Uh, Today's article is from the USA Today, the most widely read newspaper in the United States, and it is about, well, it's actually called the 50 best coffee shops in the, what is it? It's the the best coffee shop in each of the 50 states. Of each state. And I mean, and you're touching on one of the pet peeves for us in news, or definitely for me, the title the best coffee shops in each state. Well, like most things that are going around social media seems to have little do, to do with actually what is listed. It's something about getting people clickbait, etc. But I guess we can dive into it. They, they seem to have kind of hit on a couple, but they totally missed the mark, in, in my opinion. I mean, this is just for reference. This was published November 26, 2018. So that was what? Yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday as we're recording this. And uh, so it's a fresh thing. When we were looking through the USA Today articles about coffee, it was funny. About almost one in three articles was some sort of story about something that Starbucks is doing, which to me looks a little bit like maybe Starbucks is paying for those articles. I don't know, but it's so a little suspicious. why coffee shops, why, why it's interesting also what is being covered is that our goal is to be a supplier. Um, many people have said, oh, why don't you have a coffee shop, etc." And so especially as we go out, there are so many coffee shops. And what we would really like to do is be a supplier. So it's pretty interesting to just keep a supplier of specialty coffee, single origin coffee and teas. And so it would just, we, we want to stay on top of what people are thinking. We want to basically be, and what we're doing with this with some of our customers is we want to let coffee shop owners run coffee shops and we want to run our coffee company and we want to work together with them to connect them to the source, to help them understand more about the coffee, its cultivation, the people who roast it and everything in between and keep those two things separate. So we're always interested in in the whole business of coffee shops and who's doing innovative things. And so we thought this article might possibly be Well, yeah, I mean, especially now so much information or, well, seemingly seeming focus on specialty coffee, et cetera. Um, just a few facts that might be pretty interesting. I, I find it pretty interesting. So in 1991, which was the year my brother graduated, there were 1,650 said coffee shops, uh, places that serve coffee, tea, something of a like, along with other things. In 2015, 
there were 31,490 with Starbucks being a, um, a major player. And so for all of those per capita people, I looked at population and it's a 17 times increase per person. The number of coffee shops, that's, that's some serious selection happening in the U.S. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I think that part of that is that consumers have have moved away from getting their coffee in a in a diner or a restaurant or at home and are now picking up a coffee on their way somewhere um, or going there as a destination. The coffee shop has become part of the culture in a way in in that time period that that I think explains that. You know, it's it's the our, the way that that Americans and and people in the UK and Canada, I think, similarly consume and purchase coffee has really changed. It's not as common that people brew a pot every morning in their home or that they go to a diner for breakfast and have a mug of coffee along with their eggs uh, as it was maybe 30 years ago. Right, right. So so as we look through the list, we were hoping for some inspiration. <laughs> However, what it, what it seems like is um, that there's actually pretty little focus on coffee from USA Today's list. Yeah. I, I don't know who compiled this. They don't list a an author for this article, listicle, really. What they did is they put a picture and a brief description of each place for each state next to the, next to the photo. And what I think, I don't really understand how they made these decisions. Because when you think about the United States, I mean, we've both traveled in most of the states around the country. And you think about cozy little coffee shops in Montana or you think about, you know, super connected coffee shops in New York or California or Chicago or, or Texas, different places where they are, where people are really focused on coffee and are trying to do interesting things. And then you look at this list and you basically see a bunch of donut and ice cream shops that got high Yelp reviews. Which don't get me wrong. A homemade donut is <laughs> nothing to joke about. They are so hard to find and so wonderful. And that is a dying art of the raised glazed donut. However... But in the list of the best coffee shops in every state, I wouldn't expect to find, for example, in California, a donut shop where they make a side mention of... And people say the coffee is pretty okay, too. Right, right, which is so so I have one for you. So in Minnesota, it was a drive-through. Do you think it's because it's too cold to get out of your car? <laughs> well, I'm from Minnesota. This is why she's asking me that question. It's entirely possible. I mean, you your boots get pretty dirty if you uh climb out of your car in the winter time to walk into a store. So it is nice to go through a drive-through. But I think that you know, I don't have any problem with a drive-through being on the list. That's that would be the least of my complaints. Well, it would actually be interesting if they said, oh, wow, you can you can try some. This is the most coffees you could possibly try during a drive-thru, which I guess gets to the point. There's, there's nothing said about the quality of the coffee. Yeah. And so before we – I don't want to sound entirely negative, even though it's justified. The, there, is, there are a couple good examples on here. So as a disclaimer – I've not been to any of these coffee shops. I, Andrew, I don't think Andrew's been to any of these coffee no. shops either. No. But so we're basically just, we're basing this entirely on what we're seeing and viewing and a tiny little bit of web research that we did in the last five minutes. So the Hawaii one seems like 
it's possibly a good selection for the list. So the Hawaii one is a place called Heavenly Hawaiian Hanoloa. Uh, Heavenly Hawaiian is less a coffee shop and more a coffee farm that offers tours and sells coffee beans. That's like taking the coffee shop to a whole other level. Right. Which is, that that seems like it's probably a good coffee shop. If you were going to go somewhere and there was a coffee farm and, and the whole thing and there's probably ambiance and, and they're making the coffee right there, you can probably feel a good connection to the origin and that whole thing. That seems like it's probably a good choice. Well, and I mean, it's not really fair to continue talking without defining what you think would be a nice coffee shop. I mean, some of my favorite coffee shops um when we used to be in vienna on most decembers in austria i mean you're cold and you go in um they had those great velvet drapes and there was a newspaper and you got a coffee and a water and of course there were great pastries but it felt like community and so no i mean you knew nothing about the coffee which is so in vogue and you know what we're doing but it was such a nice like that's what i would like from from my coffee shop, this this feeling of community. I mean, let us take care of the coffee, and then the coffee shop would actually be more of a, a place to... I see it a couple ways, because you can have the that type of coffee shop experience where it's more about the ambiance and the way that they mix different drinks and the that social side of it. Or you can also excel as a coffee shop by providing very high quality products with information to your customers to satisfy their intellectual curiosity about the coffee as well. And that would also be a winning coffee shop. Or you could also, I mean, let's be real. A lot of people want their coffee and they want it fast. Uh, If you have a high quality coffee and you do a great job of serving it consistently and well, that could be a great coffee shop. I don't see that used as a criteria for this article very much. A lot of it is basically them pulling Yelp reviews. I mean, and had it been the best donut shops that serve, also serve coffee, that'd have been great because I love donuts and I usually have to do that research on my own. But uh, that is not what it's called. So let's take a look at California, because I think California kind of the the listing that they did here sort of exemplifies what's wrong with this article, because California, as as probably everyone knows, is a massively populous state with yeah, a, just the sheer magnitude. of Yeah, with shops. with with multiple great cities inside of that state. And it's known for both culinary and um, Epicurean tastes and what the USA Today decided to include here is a Yelp review. It says, I won't say the name of the coffee shop, but let's say, let's just read the description. It says, mostly famous for its donuts being rated the best in California, such and such, also doesn't disappoint when it comes to coffee. Really? <laughs> like, in, the, in one of the, probably, in one of the states that probably has some of the best coffee shops in the country, you choose a donut shop and your comment about the coffee says it also doesn't disappoint when it comes to coffee. I mean, the thing is there wasn't even a person at USA Today who wrote this. They took it from Nazanin T on Yelp. Talk about low effort. I used to own a magazine and was chief editor of a magazine for a while. And I know what it takes to, to do some of these things. And the lack of effort is shocking. I mean, it's really at the apex of not doing any work. 
putting this article together. It seems, right? Right. I mean, it just seems like as if it's made um, just to have content. And of course, you know, we're a small business and we've been told so many times about got to do more content, you've got to do more content, et cetera, et cetera. But <laughs> not at the detriment of uh, what we're saying. I mean, we're hoping not. Um, sometimes it's your creative juices are getting tired because you're doing so many other things. But uh, hopefully, I would think the USA Today would have a little more staff. You would, you would hope so. I mean, I guess the point of this is really, I mean, if I, if I was talking to somebody about this subject, not just critiquing the article or whatever, the my point would be that there are so many people out there trying to do a great job, trying to either offer a great place or offer a great product or offer knowledge and 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 help people understand more about coffee. There's so many places like that that it's really a shame to put out something like this because it just sort of rewards the least effort and not the people who are really trying hard. And there are we know a lot of people who have coffee shops and they're really trying hard to to be different or to do something innovative or special, make their customers feel good, trying to do offer pour overs, espressos, French presses, a variety of different ways to make coffee in order to make customers happy and appreciate their coffee. And uh, and those people are being ignored on this on this list. Right. I mean it's almost as if I mean, I don't really like getting press is difficult. So I guess we'll just choose to, <laughs> you know, not even look at the coffee shops. We'll look at the donut shops and maybe that'll be more politically <laughs> okay. It reminds me, uh, we where we live was in the news quite a bit earlier this year. And I was going through a checkout and there was, well, it happened to be at USA Today. And I saw an article and I read it and I thought, oh my gosh, what is this? And I looked at the bottom and it was authored by a teenager. Um, but, but no one, you know, it wasn't at the beginning of the article. So it was a quite powerful <laughs> saying quite a few things, which I actually disagreed with. But, um, but then when I found out who the author was, it was, uh, oh gosh. And most people don't make it to the bottom of the article and, and don't make it through. So let's talk about possibly the most egregious error in this in this whole thing which I is think it's the New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah. Right. So so what does it say? So it says this coffee shop is family operated cafe that serves all organic and locally grown coffee. Locally grown coffee in New Mexico it says. I mean and bless their hearts they didn't ask permission to <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't ask permission to link the names of these shops with the descriptions. Yeah. That was being put in national on a national website. To our knowledge, there is no coffee. Coffee is not grown in New Mexico to date. They, um, they specifically mention the brand of coffee, and, and I'm on their website right now. New Mexico Pinon Coffee is what it's called. And the claim that, that this is locally grown is contradicted by what's on the, the manufacturer's website. The manufacturer says that it's, that it's various high-altitude Arabica coffees, and their custom pinon flavoring, and that it's roasted locally, but not that it's a local, co- not that it's a locally uh, grown coffee. And it would be extremely unlikely that it would be locally grown. I mean, you could possibly do something like that and throw it in, but you'd want your flavor to come from 
areas that are more specifically suited to to growing coffee. And if you go through their website, it seems like this company actually specializes in flavoring coffees. So they talk about, they offer 30 flavors, including locally inspired flavors like biscochito and Mexican spiced chocolate, as well as uh, some other spices and flavorings. And they offer a delicious selection of food, spices, and salsas that are made in New Mexico. But it's just so ridiculous to to claim that, okay, so with the Hawaiian one, yeah, it's right there on the farm. The coffee's grown there. And that is locally grown coffee. This New Mexico one, they just said it's locally grown and it's clearly not. Well, I mean, the authors of the article, definitely not the cafe. Right. Yeah. No. Um, I, I the don't cafe think... did not not to say the cafe did not claim any of this. I doubt maybe they don't even know this exists. This article, um, but it's pretty, especially when you're in the growing countries or the countries where the coffee is grown. It's it's very well. I really I guess funny to to read something like that, but then also realizing that you know the U.S. is the largest coffee consumer in the world, and so there are all kinds of um, there's just information pieces of information everywhere, and um, and and, it, and it's in vogue right now. You know, people want to know about coffee. They want to feel like they know. They want to feel connected, and that's wonderful. And and so all of these little bitty pieces of misinformation um, just add to the, the greater sense of it. So getting out of this article, I mean, I think there is a lot of interesting stuff being discussed about coffee these days. I mean, there's research going into understanding the effect of coffee on your brain from all, uh, protecting it from Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. There are all sorts of different additives and treatments that people are, are putting into their coffee when they make it at home in order to achieve different fitness and health results. And I think it's pretty interesting to see that. So people are also looking into your genetic inheritance and, and how that will push you to drink more or less coffee, different things like that. It's really, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And it's, and kind of, and it's evolving. Too. And the trajectory for the number of coffee shops is I mean, it's projected to keep growing at a similar rate. I mean, <laughs> um, it's interesting with Starbucks being this massive player. So whatever they do is, is definitely going to impact the numbers. Starbucks is obviously a, a great company as far as, you know, companies go. It, it, it's run well. They, they had this idea of combining the Italian and the Viennese coffee shop and coffee style in order to create an atmosphere and coffee drinks that that their customers would really enjoy. I mean, it's clearly, they're really, they have been ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. And, and, you know, I would never want to take anything away from that. You know, this, this switch to coffee shops from the restaurant, the diner, and the home has clearly been a major cultural shift in the in the United States. And right. I mean, I think that uh, that was actually one of the points that was made when I was looking in the statistics is that that is the shift. Instead of saying, I'm going to go to the diner, I'm going to go to the coffee shop and meet my friends. And so what we think of as a coffee shop, it seems to be in the U.S., it's just really replacing the word diner and increasing food. And so when you go to a coffee shop, you definitely, or I think more and more, it's expected that they have some selection of hot, cold foods. I mean, I know when I was in graduate school, I definitely appreciated that because I spent so many hours there. Um, But people aren't saying diner. I mean, I I don't think anyone, I don't know if anyone under 35 (laughs) 
<laughs> says diner unless they're going to the 60s diner or 50s diner that your dad goes to. Yeah. Well, I think it's a little sad because when I go to the U.S., I like to look for those traditional things. It's probably a nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. But I like to go to a diner where they're making things from scratch. You know, you go there for breakfast and you get hash browns and, and uh, two fried eggs made in butter or something like that. A little ketchup on the side and a cup of coffee. But the thing that I find routinely disappointing about that experience is that they have terrible coffee almost as a rule at diners and i think part of the responsibility for the decline of diners has to fall on their own heads because they do offer food at low prices rapidly there's a lot of good things about a diner you get a jukebox you get a surly waitress you get all kinds of stuff but you get bad coffee and i think that that is probably not a major factor in why people are shifting to coffee shops, but it's part of it because I really don't like to to get the coffee at a diner. Well, I mean, again, I think it's terminology. I mean, to me, the the way coffee shops are being defined now, it is a diner. Yeah. I mean, as far as, I mean, I would have to look more into percentage of receipts, but well, and also the cup of coffee has gone up <laughs> a lot. So, I mean, it's this great margin items so you can be a coffee shop with quite a bit of your revenues coming from a cup of coffee because the coffee is no longer a quarter right it's three four bucks and so so yeah that that changes things it's really changing the shift despite the maybe the list of items that you can that you can buy and less of an expectation for homemade food homemade pastries perhaps thanks for listening to our thoughts about this article the Best Coffee Shops in Every State, as published in the USA Today, November 26, 2018. And we'll see you on the next one. This has been Brewing Conversation with Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Thank you for listening. For more connection to coffee and Twin Engine Coffee, go to TwinEngineCoffee.com or email us. We'd love to hear from you.